You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. And um, today... I feel lonely. Yeah, Chase is gone. Just just us two. Chase left us. Got fed up. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't like your dad jokes. That's what it was. Oh, come on. He likes my dad jokes. (laughs) He Uh, shares them. Yeah. Yeah. He acts like he doesn't like them, but we all know that he goes home and he tells them to everybody else and claims they're his own. Um, but on Saturday morning, uh, I woke up early and went and skinned up snow basin. And that was the first time this year that I've done that. Cause normally if I normally, cause you live across the street from like <coughs> skinner's back paradise. Skiing, yeah. 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 But the conditions haven't been that great lately in the backcountry. Uh, avalanche danger has been kind of high, but also just the snow conditions have not been ideal for skiing. Yeah. And, uh, so we just wanted to get some exercise in. My wife is back after surgery. She she can start to exercise now, and so she wanted to get out. And so we went. Um, Grandma watched the kids, and we took off up to Snow Basin. Me and my wife and my father-in-law, and just hiked up Snow Basin once for a little bit of exercise in the morning, and it was really fun. But I've been doing that for years, although this was my first time this year. But I started doing that probably ten years ago. Mm. Maybe not quite that long. Maybe, basin? Like, maybe do they allow seven, it? Maybe seven or eight years ago, they didn't say no. Back oh, then. I see. Now, now yeah. they officially say now yes. Like, yeah, because, okay. But before, it just we just you did it. You kind of snuck in. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and when I started, I was maybe one of like three people that I'd see up there on occasion. Usually, I wouldn't see anybody. And when I did, it was maybe one or a busy day was like three people. Mm-hmm. Now, there's like a hundred people up there i swear just tons maybe not that maybe 50 people hiking up in the morning before on a on what snow basin considers a green day and well, that was um, a saturday too, that was a saturday so. that's but true. matt said during the week which i haven't been up during the week either um this year last year i went a few times and <clears throat> it was there's like seven or eight cars in the parking lot oh really uh during the week uh, this was last year so oh. I don't know what this year looks like, but I'm sure it hasn't gone down. Yeah. On a Saturday, though, I guess it's probably busier than normal. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there were probably at least 50 hikers, probably between 50 and 70 hikers up there. It was surprising how many people. And everybody had their touring gear, and a lot of people were carrying backpacks and other things. But it was a great time. 
Do you have both your head, your front and back headlamps? I didn't because by the time we started hiking, it was the sun was up. Yeah, I still got yelled at last year, but that's just so you know. Even yeah. when the sun was up. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> they're just they got to. Fig- I know they're trying to figure it out. Okay. Yeah, we left the headlamps in the car. Mm-hmm. Um. But anyway, it was a good time, and I was just thinking about it. You know, we talk a lot about backcountry skiing, and that's my preferred form of of uh, skiing. But when the conditions aren't good, snow basin's a great opportunity. And actually, there's a lot of people that just like to go up there for the exercise and hike up and ski down snow basin, hike up the groomers, ski down the groomers, and it's really fun. Yeah. So we wanted to take a little bit of time whether you're a skier or snowboarder we want to take a little bit of time to talk about what type of gear you might need for that sort of exercise and Excuse which me. is good but except for i take everything <laughs> uh that i normally take back under skiing um with the exception of actually an added headlight so um snow basin requires that you have a, a headlamp and a, a tail lamp or one on the front one on the back um now you're in bounds and you're in a resort, so you don't need your uh, beacon shovel probe. Um, it's in my pack yeah. that I tore with, so I could take it out, but I don't. I just leave it in there. I just leave it in. Yeah. So, but you don't need it. You really just need your skis or split board. Um, that's it. Skins. Ski, yeah, your skins as you go. Yeah, as you head up, and then you know your apparel or whatever. And your boots. Um, yeah. But. It's something that you do prior to the mountain opening, so uh, mostly you don't need like um, snacks and water and all that stuff. You know, you kind of just it's like a morning burn, you just cruise up and then you can get all the I keep a uh, I have a coffee in my car and then come back and it's cooled down enough to where I can drink it because the darn uh thermo whatever insulated <laughs> vacuum insulated like don't Too cool hot. your coffee at all ever anymore these days yeah, yeah so you have to like let it sit in zero degree temperatures um with a lid off just <laughs> before you can drink that stuff yeah anyway yeah but that's it's just fun to like go get a morning burn in and you don't have to be concerned about nature's avalanches right. coming down on you and you can go by yourself right you don't have to go you know if you're missing a partner just go. Yeah. And while I was up there, I probably saw 15 or 20 people that I knew that I hadn't seen in a long time. Just oh, cool. That I had either introduced to skinning and backcountry skiing or people that had been doing it long before me. And I just, I used to run into all the time, but haven't seen in a while. And so it was a lot of fun to catch up with old friends. And, um, but there's a lot of gear out there. Back when I started backcountry skiing, I was skiing on Alpine boots with a, with a frame binding i know chase always talks about frame bindings i don't think he uses that term correctly um frame binding is a type of touring binding like a um how does he marker duke he he talks about normal alpine ski bindings Mm. just your traditional ones not a touring binding he calls those frame bindings sometimes um but they're disconnected right uh, yeah they're just they're disconnected they're not on a frame and they're okay um, so when we talk about frame bindings, that's a, a type of touring binding that a normal alpine boot can fit in, not a tech binding that has the pins, right? Yeah. So um, so I was on a frame binding, the Fritchie Freeride, and an alpine boot, and that's what I skied inbounds as my 
as my normal ski and that's what I skied in the backcountry and it was it sucked to hike on but it was better than nothing and uh but if you were doing <clears throat> a normal resort day during the day and then you just wanted to go out of bounds to yeah. reach some pow somewhere you just like you got tour mode right you just go yep as long as your skins some with skins you. and yeah. yep so that's what I would do I do a lot of side country stuff and and short tours I did some long tours on it and that was brutal but um, but you'll so you'll see people from that side of the spectrum that's more downhill focused. It's heavier. It's not as nice to ski on or to hike in, but awesome to ski on. And some of those people are up there touring, hiking up Snow Basin in the morning or whatever ski resorts near you. To the other side, where full on skimo race gear, carbon fiber boots. I was going to ask you: Are you seeing skimo racers up there? A little bit. Okay. I mean, you see really light boots. Um, not full-on racers, but you see people anywhere from heavy metal, heavy gear to uh, dressed in spandex and and hiking fast and hard yep. and their lightweight stuff. As and, you should be at seven in the morning, right? Just in spandex, hiking. And everybody, it's almost like going to the gym, except that <laughs> it kind of is. People are cooler, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and they talk to each other, and they talk to yeah. each other, and everybody's friendly, and it's fun, and so you got the people that are there to just busted up the mountain as fast as they can and other people that are just getting into it trying to get back in shape and kind of a wide variety you see some people up there with a big huge pack on and i think they're carrying a load of extra weight just for the extra exercise maybe they're training for something um there's one lady uh an ogden local i don't know if she was from ogden but she was a doctor here who used to go up to snow basin with a big monster pack and hike up it uh, up and down a few times in the morning to train to climb Everest and she ended mm. up climbing Everest a couple well, years ago. So I don't know, but I do know that the lady who came in first of the Skyline Mountain Marathon uh, and 50K last year, I think she did the 50K, um, trains strictly at Snow Basin. Oh, really? And I don't, so I don't know if she's there all winter, but she did say that she runs all the trails in the summer. Like she'll drive because I'm like, how did you go that fast? And she's like, I train at Snow Basin every day. Like huh. She runs. I mean, that's as uh, at altitude as you can get besides the Skyline Trail, which is the opposite side. But, yeah, right. it's just like the same. Yeah. Snow Basin might be a little higher overall. but Yeah, that's you know. cool. They've got a great trail system up there. But if you do it through the winter, sport-like. And then do you uh, – because I remember I saw a lot of, like, footprints, like people running it. Yeah, I occasionally see people running it or hiking it. A friend of mine. Um, I've never actually seen the person, so I'm really weirded out about it. Yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine would go up there. He's a really avid skier, uh, and a, and he does a bit of backcountry skiing as well, but he would go up there and run it in his trail runners um, mm. just because he enjoyed running up the mountain. He can't do that and skis very easily. So um, it's actually Bryce Warren, Tara Warren's yeah. husband. So he'd run it. And uh, he's the only one I know of that does that. But I've, I have seen some footprints up there, mm. people running it. Um, I saw somebody hiking with their skis on their back. Um, oh. Just hiking up in their okay. boots. Yeah. And that was one way of doing it. That's one way of doing it. And uh, Snowshoe yeah, maybe yeah. even? Yeah. So yeah. just whatever you, whatever you want to do. But I will give some gear suggestions on what probably the best setups are for that type of use. Okay. So if you want to... Go up and hike up this your local ski resort in the morning for exercise. 
and you want skis, bindings, boots for that specifically, and then you've got your separate skis, bindings, Resorts. boots for the resort mm -hmm. or for backcountry skiing, but for resorts specifically. So this is just skinning, just skinning, fit, at a resort. just fitness skinning. Fitness skinning. We'll call it fitnessing. <laughs> yeah. Skinning. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I would look at a boot like a DinaFit TLT eight or so. That's the new. That's the latest TLT version. I I've got the old TLT fives, and right now I'm um, also using a TLT seven. Um, but that's a a good lightweight, easy to tour, but still you you've got some a decent about a control on the downhill. It's not a full on race boot. It's not as expensive as a race boot. It's really light, comfortable to hike in. Um, La Sportiva and Scarpa both make boots that are similar. The La Sportiva one, I'm forgetting what it's called. The Cyborg, I think, is what they call it. Um, the Scarpa is the F1. That's their version. That's, But they've got loads of articulation. And your boot's probably the biggest thing, the most important thing in that boot binding ski uh, as far as saving weight and comfort, comfort. and performance. Yeah. <clears throat> um, then... Any tech binding will do. I would definitely go with a tech binding. Uh, with those frame bindings, imagine every single step that you take with the frame binding, you're lifting an extra few pounds on your feet. And um, they say that one pound on your foot is equivalent, as far as energy expenditure, to about seven pounds on your back. So let's say you add three pounds of frame binding and heavy boot, or five pounds probably more accurately, times that by seven, you're 20 to 35 pounds heavier. Just imagine throwing a 20 to 35 pound pack on your back. You don't need that much more weight on my back, yeah. And they ski great on the downhill. They don't, you're not gonna have to worry about coming out of your bindings or whatever. They look funny, but they work great. So um, any tech binding will do, but I definitely prefer DinaFit bindings. We've carried G3 before, we've carried some of the other uh, tech bindings before we do that we have the Solomon shift binding which is a cool one um, but we have m less problems with DinaFit bindings overall we've had a lot of G3 bindings come into our shop for warranty returns uh, and we we don't sell G3 bindings we have before but we don't now um, but I've probably had over a dozen G3 bindings come into our shop that Are were they purchased like, at other or no just cool just a different just a different design I don't think they've worked out all the quirks so the mm. G3 ion binding specifically was the one that we were having issues with um, people would over tighten them and strip out a, a um, plastic thing on the on the hill uh, in the inner workings of the hill piece and and just ruin the binding um, it just isn't I in my opinion it's not it's more complicated harder to fix harder to work on uh, it fails more often I guess mm. um, so it's a good binding but I definitely prefer DNFit bindings over most tech bindings out there um, ski trab has some good bindings there's some other other brands out euro brands and stuff that are good but i definitely just suggest to anybody just stick with dina fit they're no more expensive than the other brands out there but i do think they work better um and then for your ski you'll want a ski that's pretty lightweight and all the different ski brands are now making lightweight skis but 
For fitness touring, I would look for something that's probably less than about 12 or 1300 grams. And you can get them all the way down to like 600 grams if you want to go that light. Um, but you can get a good backcountry ski that's good for both fitness skinning and full-on backcountry skiing that's 1200 grams or or even so a little lighter. So how important is that? Because, um, well, the hiking part is, but the performance on the way down, it's like they're groom you can stick to the groomers because they don't right. really want you skiing off right. anywhere else anyway. But... Um, Ski performance, at least on the down, isn't really yeah, not a not a a concern, right? Yeah, it's not like, really. And you know the the real light skinny short skis, like the race schema race skis, those work great on groomers. They're yeah. narrower, they hold an edge well, they're good, they're short, but but they work great for that. Um, but a lot of people like to use those same skis for fitness skinning and backcountry skiing. At least I'm one of those people. Some people are just hiking resorts, and I think that's what we're talking about specifically here. Um, but if you do want a ski that can cross over, those race skis are not really the answer. You can get a ski that can cross over that's 1,200 grams. That's really light. Um, the Dinafit Choyu was a, a ski that I had for a long time that I still ski on, and it's a great, uh, it's super light. It's like 1,100 grams. They still grams. make that? I don't know if they do actually. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, I'm a little. You're so far behind. <clears throat> I'm a little behind. Um, Chase has been doing all the buying, and I've been just been happy with the skis that I have that I haven't been uh, looking it up here. Let's see, ski touring boots, touring skis. Um, they call them something different now. I think. Well, they've got the. Carbonio 76 ski that looks like a race ski the Speedfit Pro a the Tour 96 the Speed the SL80 I don't see it they have yeah, the beast Speed 90 ski that looks like the Speed 90 is probably the replacement of the Choyu <coughs> um the Beast <coughs> Beast 108 the Tour 88 and the Speed 90 are going to be like right in that Choyu range. Um, but awesome ski, really lightweight, um, still good kind of all around, good ski mountaineering ski. Anyway, you can get like the Elon Ripstick is a good crossover ski. It's pretty lightweight, but now you're getting into like 16, 1700 grams. So that's adding another pound or more to your foot. Which so, we don't, that's 24 yeah, pounds on your back. Yeah, 12 seven pounds. <laughs> seven. One pound is seven pounds seven. on your back or so. But, two but you per keep, leg. keep adding it. You're right. Keep adding that on. and So anyway, um, just lighter is better when it comes to that stuff. And if you're to just... going up for sure. Yeah, if you're just using that for your early morning exercise, lighter is better. Now, at a certain point, it's hard to get lighter without getting significantly more expensive. And so, schemo expensive. Schemo expensive. Now, schemo full on full carbon schemo race boots get up into like three thousand dollars a piece. So you don't Ooh. you don't need to go that high. But a good lightweight. You got to be into almost your race if that's race what you're doing. Boot is going to be six hundred to eight nine hundred dollars depending. Yeah. So it's not cheap, but you know there's so many people out there now on. Five to eight thousand dollar mountain bikes. You just see them all over the place. 
go uh, get something for the the other four or hey, five man, months of the year. If you do it you a lot, mountain bike, then yeah, yeah, spend and, some money on it. Yeah, so go up there and make that your three three mornings a week exercise routine to stay in shape for mountain biking the rest of the year, and you know, two to three thousand dollars will get you really nicely set up if you're paying full price and a lot of times especially right now you can get a Probably deal mm -hmm. so um we and then he's in the shop that'll go 20 percent off here soon yep so yeah and in fact solomon right now is 20 percent off right yeah. yep and others will go on sale so um now's a good time if you're wanting to get into that stuff to buy buy your gear now um and then finally skins to go with those now black diamond is well known around here for making skins and they make great skins g3 is another one my favorite skin company is pomoka they're a euro company they make better skins in my opinion than any black diamond or g3 skin i've ever mm. used now um, g3 and black diamond they're they're constantly improving their skins but i bought my wife some black diamond skins they were brand new skins and i had like five-year-old Pomoka skins. And we went on a spring tour in wet snow. Her skins wetted out, like soaked up water and everything within like a couple hours, which I totally expected because that's, it was wet. The snow was wet. It was warm. Um, this was last spring. We skied Ben Lomond. And, um, but her new, new skins and they soaked up water like you know, over the like course of two sponge. hours, like a sponge, except it wasn't quite that bad. My Pomoka skins, I skinned all day, and by the end, they were starting to soak up just a teeny bit of water, but hers were completely soaked, and mine just were a and little, the per, little I'm wet. assuming, besides being heavier, the performance goes way down when they're soaking wet. Yeah, they stick to the snow, the snow clumps up on them, they're heavier, all of, all of that stuff. So what kind of... What's the difference? How come one... So, Pomoka uses some sort of... Um, they they use a waterproof layer in part of their skins that helps keep um, water from soaking all the way in. Um, I'm not exactly sure what they do. I just know that every time I'm on my Pomoka skins, even old ones, and I'm with people who are on all the other brands... I just assume like my skins work just like everybody else until I get with other people who have the other brands and they have way more problems with mm. theirs. Plus mine are lighter. They pack smaller. Mm. Um, they're a mohair nylon mix, so they're not even the full mohair. Oftentimes the mohair skins are packed smaller or lighter, that sort of thing, but they don't grip as well. Um, and they're not as durable, but these are like a nylon mohair blend and they're lighter. They pack smaller, all that stuff. So they're great. So I like Pomoka skins. And that's uh, there's a lot of other skin companies coming out now that make great skins, um, and the technology is pushing further and further as more people get into it. But as of right now, I think Pomoka still makes the best skins. They're not more expensive than the other brands out there. They're right in that same ballpark. So, yeah. So I would look at those, and uh, I think that's it. And then if you want to get in the backcountry skiing, you can look at the the beacon shovel probe that sort of thing airbag packs if you want that but probably just not needed inbounds not needed inbounds so that's kind of nice and and then don't forget your headlamp you need at least at snow basin you need a light off the front and one off the back yeah. a, a red light blinking light off the back so yep. so that's uh 
that's your that's your morning exercise. Morning exercise. Yeah, we just solved all your problems your during the winter. It's your spring um, workout for your summer beach body. There you go. <clears throat> and I'll tell you what, like Nordic skiers are the fittest people in the world. This is almost like Nordic skiing. Did you track your calories burned on well, Saturday? I didn't. No. It was one of those I'm, fancy I'm sure it was like 8,500 calories in two hours. Um, probably 2,000. <laughs> Actually, it was 1,500. It was probably my total hiking time. I was, I was, so it was my wife's first time out in like eight weeks or something because of her surgery. And my father in law's first time out in a long time. So they were hiking slower. I was taking it pretty easy. Took us probably an hour and 15 minutes to get up. So maybe 800? Yeah, maybe 800, yeah. 700, something like that. Um, huh. And then it's yeah, like but three minutes to get down. Not a treadmill. Right. Fresh air. Um, got some good good burn in the quads and the butt yeah, and the yeah. hamstrings. So. Um, and you get to go down. Right. Yeah. yeah. You don't pound your joints on the way down. But what I was going to mention with the Nordic skiing is get yourself some like cross-country ski poles and use your upper body to get yourself up the mountain. It's a full body workout. You know what? I have some very nice lightweight carbon poles you might be interested in. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, have we ever talked about that on this podcast? I think we've mentioned it once. That I won them? You won I'm like, the like last $350 yeah. carbon BD black diamond poles or yeah. something. I want them fair and square, just so you know. Like right. I, I paid all the money. Yeah. <clears throat> Not for the poles, but. And now you I just showed up have them on your wall as an square. art piece or what? They're pretty much an art piece. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I could, I, those would be nice. But I would skin a lot faster if I used those. <laughs> you probably would. It's all that. <laughs> yeah. It's that extra weight on your But I snowboard. I got to like, I don't. An extra pound attached to your arms is like 47 on your back. Is that what they say? That's, that's what, what they say. Maybe. I knew something was wrong. That's why I'm always so slow. That's <laughs> that is. You're using the wrong poles. You yeah. have the right poles now. Okay. So. I'll use them. Yeah. All right. Well, if you want to get out and skin up your local resort snow basin or wherever that may be um go get yourself some touring gear some lightweight mm. touring gear and it's a lot of fun it's a great up it's a great way to get out get some fresh air get some exercise keep your uh keep your mountain biking legs and and body in shape during the winter or just get your beach body back in the spring mm. so uh, get it back that's 10 years in the making i'm gonna get it <laughs> i'm gonna get, I'm gonna it, get back it back this, this spring yeah me too all right, so thanks for joining us for the podcast today. If you enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe and also share with your friends, please, and leave a friendly review. Um, if you want to follow us on Instagram, our handle is at gear underscore three zero. Uh, like us on Facebook and check out gear30.com to see all of our best deals. Right now we have our winter clearance just starting and, and things are going fast. So check that out at gear30.com, G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. See you out there. <laughs>